Welcome to Lift and Love Conversations, where we're building a supportive culture around LGBTQ families in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm Allison Dayton, and I'll show you how to embrace your child and your spiritual discomfort to deepen and grow your testimony of Jesus Christ. And I am Jenny Hunter, and I will help you identify and overcome obstacles that can get in the way of sustaining healthy relationships. And I help you realize the blessings of being an LGBTQ family. Each week, we will bring you lessons that we've learned from our own lives, the experiences from hundreds of families that we have worked with, and conversations with amazing experts. Hello, our Lift and Love community. We are thrilled. This is like the first podcast we're doing in 2022, and I've missed talking to our community. I have too. It's so good to be back and kind of in the swing of everything. His Allison just got back from Hawaii, which I, I want to say was a big mistake. You should have come to Florida. We have I should have come to Florida. <laughs> it rained the whole time in Hawaii. I know. I was so mean to her. I kept showing her like the, I would say, I was like, hey, let's get a beach off. I'll send you our beach pictures. Like we're not at the beach. I know. And then we were sick. So we were like, definitely not at the beach. Yes. And so like she had a uh, weather and we had gorgeous weather. We had all the kids home and did kayaking and beach. I think they went to the beach every day. Like they, it's so funny because none of them like, I loved Florida until they went out to Utah. And then they're like, we want to live in Florida because they miss the beach. Like we go to the beach a lot as a family. And so they really miss the beach. And so it is like the first couple of years I was here, I was like, it's so weird that it's 80 degrees and it's Christmas. But now I'm like full after 17 years of it, I'm like fully embracing like Christmas Eve beach time. It's, it is pretty amazing. <laughs> I do love it. And while you were beaching at my, at my house, since no one was here, one of our pipes, one of our, uh, like our pipes froze (laughs) and it hasn't thawed yet. So we're waiting for the, our bedroom bathroom to thaw so that we can use the water. So welcome to life in the mountains. (laughs) Yes. Because like, it is like, I I did see like 10 days of snow straight in Utah, like crazy. So out, but, and totally went great for your skiing, but it is like, Pipes will freeze. <laughs> apparently they do. I didn't know that's a thing, but oh, it happened. Oh. It happened. Let's just hope they don't burst. Yes, I will. Yes. And thankful it did burst while you were gone. So small no, blessing. No, right? exactly. Okay. And we're laughing, but we have kind of a heavy topic today. We do. We like, you know, um, I put this post up this week where I talked about, um, you know, because there was one week four moms told me that their children did not feel safe at church. And I was like, okay, if I keep hearing this, this is like the Lord telling me I need to talk about this because it's a big deal. And so I did this post about, you know, like if anywhere, like the gospel of Jesus Christ is not unsafe. And so if people are feeling unsafe at church, it's us, it's how we are ministering and how we are teaching Christ's doctrine. And I got a lot of response and I got this one question, which I, from a dear fellow coach who is probably one of the nicest people I know and lovely, lovely lady. And she's like, Jenny, I keep hearing this and I don't understand how we're doing this. By, by this, you mean making church unsafe. Right. Like I can't understand how we're making children feel unsafe at church. So Allison, like if you were to talk to somebody like, and I get this a lot, like where they're like, what are you talking about? We don't say anything that would make somebody feel unsafe. Like we we say we're loving our LGBTQ saints in our congregations. There's a place for you. We need to be better. I mean, the handbook just had this whole new inclusion on it, right? And so I get pushback that this I'm I'm making this up and I'm creating this in my mind, a problem that's not there. So I think you know 
we have messaging that I think people feel like is healthy and okay. But imagine, just think about, hate the sin, love the sinner. The root messages of this, when you say that to someone is, you are a sinner, but I'm going to love you anyway. So that message is never going to make somebody feel like a whole child of God. Because what are they? They're just a sinner. That's all they are is a sinner. And they're trying to do their best, but in the end, they're a sinner. So we've got these messages that I don't think were intentionally meant to be uh, derogatory. We need to rethink some of our messages. Love the sinner, hate the sin. You're, it's fine if you're gay, as long as you don't act on it. So here's one of the problems with being gay. There are many parts of somebody being gay or straight that happen without their bidding, right? I mean, think about the feelings that children have about, you know, all sorts of like, like healthy, normal uh, thoughts that they're going to have that are coming to their experiences. Yes. All the people, I'm trying to be delicate. Those are going to happen. So what do they do with those? Am I a sinner? Because I felt that way. The trouble is, is that we have these, we have our LGBTQ people in a no-win situation. How do they become whole? Well, right. they're whole because they are God's children and he put him, them here whole. Yeah. And we see it differently. But we need to rethink these things that we think are helpful, these sayings. And um, we, we say something in our church that's like, we love everyone, even gay people. Like, what the heck? That we have to add that, right? If we have to add that, like that is an unkind, like even, even like, do we say even murderers? Do we say even like, there's a list of things that we could, we could list off there, but we don't. Um, I think one of the most healthy things said was by Elder Ballard in his talk town at BYU. Somebody asked him, what message do you have for LGBTQ? young single adults. Like this message is so healthy. I want anyone who's a member of the church who is gay or lesbian to know, I believe you have a place in the kingdom. And I recognize that sometimes it might be difficult for you to see where you fit in the Lord's church, but you do. And then he goes on to say, we need to listen to people. We need to find out what, what they're feeling. We're not listening. We're using repetitive statements that came from the 80s. And Elder Ballard said, certainly we must do better than we have done in the past so that members feel they have a spiritual home where their brothers and sisters love them and where they have a place to worship and serve God. Clearly, we need to do better. And we need to. Jenny and I experience a lot of people's pain in this. Here's the full truth. Our LGBTQ people do not feel comfortable in our churches. Because the messages always say, we'll be nice even to you. And a whole bunch of other messages. And I would say that they our children are not safe with that message. That is not a safe message for my child. Safe for your child. As a parent, what do you do then, Allison? So this is a good question. I was talking to a friend and she's struggling with this very same thing right now. She has a child who's not out. And I said, okay. So what do we do? And she said, home-centered, church-supported. She feels like the only way to solve this is to take the home to take 
the lessons home, whether it's go to sacrament meeting and then come home and work as a family. For her, this was her answer to me. Um, I'm not sure that that would be my answer, but um, I know a lot of parents want their children to stay at church. It's not one size fits all. This is imperative. It's the parents. We are telling you parents, it is your responsibility to create the safety, which means you have to have the hard conversations with your children and you have to find out where they're at, how they're feeling. Are they feeling safe? They haven't said anything. You still have to ask just because I said it does not mean they're not feeling it. No. And you know, I had one client who was dealing with this too, and she was feeling guilty because like the whole family would go to church and they were fine with having her, her daughter stay home. They felt like that was the right decision for their family, but she was in a turmoil because she was like, am I being a bad mother to her because I'm leaving? I said, listen, each week will be different. Heavenly Father will, will tell you what he needs you to do each week. And so giving yourself the permission as the caretakers of these amazing LGBTQ children is part of really listening to where Heavenly Father wants you that week. We didn't, you, cannot, you, you cannot leave this in the hands of the church, primary young women's teachers. This is our responsibility as parents to protect, to help the mental health of our children, of our LGBTQ children. And if you're a leader or if you're just a woman in the ward or a man in the ward and know some children, you can do a tremendous amount of healing of their hearts and their emotional health by saying, hey, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. I know you have a purpose. I know God adores you as much as and more than I do. I mean, these words are they're life-saving. And like, look, I, one of the nicest things people can say is, I don't get this, but I'm praying that we will understand more soon. I just had a client who was telling me about that, um, where her daughter, it was the family proclamation and her the Sunday school teacher said, listen, I don't understand this either. Like I'm praying about this. This is like the, part of like the polygamy or the women's rights. Like she's like, I'm praying about this too. And she goes, that did more good for my daughter than anything. Like just being authentic of like, this is confusing. This doesn't make sense. Just being authentic. And so I love how you said, just listen, like um, Elder Ballard said that, because the, let me give you a couple ways that, that how we foster emotional safety. And it is, um, the first one is to listen to understand, not to convince. That is key. Listen to understand where their heart is, where their question is. Don't try to convince them with doctrine, like fight back with them of like why they're thinking wrong. It is their truth. So listen to understand where their heart is. Meet them where they are without trying to convince. Then it's to be curious, non-judgment, really avoid absolute language, um, give positive feedback, like Allison said, like through genuine compliments, validation, gratitude, empathy. Thank you for being here. I love seeing you at church. Like literally, like I love your purple hair. I was thinking that. Thank you for bringing the purple hair to church. It adds such good variety here. I was just thinking purple hair. How funny. Right. 
I have young, one young woman who wears pants to church. I love her. She's one of my favorite young women. And um, then I had an investigator come and she didn't want to wear a dress. And I'm like, wear pants. And so because this other young woman was wearing pants, like this investigator felt like I could totally do this. And I went and told my young woman, I'm like, I just want you to know, like you've made a safer place for people who like don't want to wear a dress. And I, and I could tell that meant a lot to her and it meant a lot to me. Like, like honestly, and Allison, 10 years ago, I'd be like, abhorrent thinking, not, you know, wearing pants to church. And I'm like, who cares? You're here. It does not matter. Like just that you're here with us. I, I truly feel so grateful that anybody comes and is with us. And so practice grace and compassion, um, encourage and support personal growth, meaning drop the checklist. Like you, some of, some of our youth are not going to go to seminaries. Some of our youth are not going to want to go activity, but say, what, what are you doing? You know, how are you connecting to God? What can I do to help you? Like, like drop the checklist with these children, lead with empathy and compassion, meaning you, you know, do not, you can't walk in anybody else's shoes, but you could believe their story. And that is our role. And listen, really believing their story. And if you're struggling for something to say, to an LGBTQ person that you know, let me just tell you, we can do no greater good than to reconnect people back to Jesus Christ who have lost contact, lost connection, don't know that he loves them. Like what more, like focus on their connection with Christ and what you're learning about it and just focus on that. That is, we can't fix this problem, but we can connect, we can let people know when God moves us to move them, I mean, we can let them know that we're praying for them, that we're hurting in this, and that we want to understand better too, that we're confused. I mean, all of these things are, they are life rafts. You know, and I'm going to share a very personal experience that we just had with our son, where he was kind of struggling. And, you know, I asked, frankly, you know, are you praying? Are you reading the scriptures? He's like, no, not really. And he goes, I just, I don't feel comfortable at church. You know, he was very frank with it. And he goes, but I know I still need this connection. And I said, honey, what can we do? What can we, how would you like us to support you in this? Because I totally agree. You're always going to be better with a relationship with Christ. And he said, can you just do scripture study with me every Sunday? And, you know, he's out in Utah, so we're going to do it virtually. I and love so that. children are going to surprise you when you drop the checklist and drop how one way is to, um, you have to show up this way. You have to do these things. Yes. And, and give them the baton, like give them the right to like, say, what do you need? How can I support you? Is there a way that I could help you in this? Then when they really, and you're generally coming from a place of like, whatever they tell you, you're going to be fine with, whether it's like, I'm not going to church anymore. Um, I don't believe in God. Like whatever they're telling you, that's when you have to be in that right mode of like, I am here just to help them. Go in with that energy because they're going to pick up if you're trying to sell them something else. So be very clean before you have this discussion. But when they feel that from you, and I've had this with my experience and with other clients, like I just had a client today tell me like, when I stopped making church such a big deal, my daughter is now going to church more than ever in family prayer. When I stopped making it such a fight. And so I'm not telling you to do that. I'm just saying, pray about it and make it specific and tailored, curate it for your child. Stop um, parroting the program, parenting, the, start parenting your child. Yeah. And, and talk to them. I mean, Nick knew what he needed. He needed you to go do scripture study with him. He knew what he needed. Nick's older. So a 13 year old's not going to know as well. So it's going to take a little more 
figuring it out. But I will tell you, I hear dozens of families a day or a week saying, my child doesn't want to go to church anymore. And I will tell you, it is not healthy for your child to hear in a church setting that there's something wrong with them. They cannot do anything about it. That is not a healthy setting. So if that, if you can't change the setting, you need to take care of your children. This is the most important thing. Yeah, I think we have to be a little bit clearer too, because people are going to say, well, we never say nothing's wrong with them, you know? But when we are saying like LGBTQ saints cannot get married in the temple, that's what they hear. Listen, you're not, you're not worthy to go through the temple. That is exactly what they hear. And that is the doctrine right now. We support the doctrine, but it's not, it's not without damage. Yeah. And imagine if someone came up to you and said, you not get to get married in the temple. You, because of the way you are, you don't get to. I mean, how do you reconcile with God on that? So here's a couple of things that, that seem harmless. But when you really think about what it's saying to somebody, how about God didn't make you LGBTQ? God hasn't created a plan for LGBTQ saints to marry in the temple. If you are LGBTQ, you could be a threat at girls camp or on a mission. That one's a hard one. That one hits home with my son and his experience on a mission. That one's really painful. I, I, I don't even know if I can talk about it yet. Imagine what that's actually doing to a human being's heart. And, and are we, I should always be asking in our church settings, are we connecting people to God or are we separating them? That should be the only question when we are talking to anyone. Am I, am I shining the light of God's love on you or am I hiding it from you? Am I putting you in darkness? And that light is connection right? That connect where you're connecting people to God. And that is emotional safety. And when we are emotionally safe, we, what happens is we operate, we feel our best self. And this is when we have the greatest opportunity to contribute from our gifts and our abilities. And we're free to dream and like share and express like this is where we're in our full measure of creation. Okay. Emotional safety is when we are able to do full measure of creation of how the Lord created us. And so we are stifling our LGBTQ child and saints gifts when we don't help them with this. We don't help create this environment. And I know nobody does this intentionally, but those scenarios which we just talked about are things that are said frequently. And this is what happens to what this is the result of it right? They feel disconnected. They feel like they have not seen or valued by God and that there is not a part of them in his kingdom. Right. And how could you show up week after week and get that message delivered straight to you? I mean, like, how could you do it? You couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't show up at church and have someone tell me those things day after day and and disconnect me that way from God. So this is a hard one. And, and like Jenny said, The solution between you and your child is personal and it's between you and God and God will help you. And it's not going to look like you think it's going to look. It's not going to, there's not going to be, there may not be a solution for you to take that child to church. Yeah. And we have to have tolerance for how each of us, the answers like we've been, they're doing it right for their family. 
Yes. You know? and, and remember that the Lord's speaking to each of us. So when somebody does something that looks funky to you, just think, wow, that's really interesting that the Lord's having them do that. Right? Because we cannot say, we, we do not know the, the heart of every family. Just because we're doing a certain way doesn't mean we need to recruit other people to do it the same way. No, and that's what I would say to uh, members of our congregations who do not have LGBTQ children. A mother cannot talk to me without tears in her eyes when they are telling me a story of a young woman's leader or a bishop who has extended love. And just let that their child know how loved they are and how thankful they are. They are there. So that is some of the most impactful work you could do as a leader in our congregations is looking at these LGBTQ families and just seeing how you could support them, just being there for them. And you don't have to do much. You just have to see them, acknowledge and love them and honor where they are in it and trust that they are trying to figure it out for themselves. And, and just know that them being in church is amazing. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. It's day in day out hard and if they don't show up they're doing it to save their child and and honor that in them and love them and and extend what you can to them and don't judge them they left they left they don't come to church anymore don't judge love them and know that they did they stayed as long as they could and work on creating a place that they could come back to yeah I hope, I hope this message comes across the way we intended it. This is just super painful. And, um, but it's time that we become very honest about what's happening and how these kids are feeling. I think we want to make it a, a religious thing. Oh, they just don't have faith in the Lord. They don't. It's not that. They're just deceived, right? Even the. Yeah, very- even the, ele- I mean, the things people say, even the elect will be deceived. Yeah. This isn't a matter of spiritual no 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 no. this isn't a matter of spiritual understanding or righteousness this is a matter of health and safety of children and the parents are doing the best they can so love them and support them and learn from them and 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 don't judge yeah and loving and supporting them really isn't is not judging them and trusting that they are getting answers for their family and for their child and honoring, honoring their choices the best you can, yeah. right? We can minister to each other, even if families are not coming. We, that doesn't mean we can't continue to minister to our brothers and sisters. In fact, we should be doing more of it when they're gone because yes. they're disconnected and they need it. The 99 and one, right? But I know this is heavy. We love you. And, and, and we know there's so many of you who just want to make a better, safer place. Uh, we all are united and uh, like want that one heart. And I, I believe it's getting better. I do. I want. I don't want to leave this without hope, but I want you to know that it just still can be very detrimental for our LGBTQ youth. It's sometimes at church. And this is when we say it's unsafe. That's what we're talking about. Of They hear a message that they are not right, that something's wrong with them. And that they internalize that. And it does such emotional damage that some of them, they become suicidal. It's that serious. Yeah. And some of them will never, like my brother, never could recover. No. We can't do it. Like President Ballard said, we have to do better. We have to ask different questions. We have to stop thinking 
of people in one way that in ites in, right yeah, that they're all wrong and that they're you know we have to it's yeah. time all right we love you love Thank you and have a great day bye bye Thank you for joining us. If you like what we share, subscribe to the Lift and Love podcast. And if you have a minute, leave us a five-star rating so other families like yours can find us. When your child comes out, you need to find support where you feel safe and understood. This is why we created the Lift and Love Coaching Community, a place where parents can connect, learn, and grow in a private setting. Jenny is a certified, advanced-trained, faith-based life coach with almost 10,000 hours of coaching. Together, we have worked with hundreds of families just like yours. To see if the Lift and Love community is right for you, go to liftandlove.org and click on the community link. For more free information, support groups, and available resources, check out liftandlove.org and liftandlove.org on Instagram and Facebook. But most importantly, remember, you are not alone in this journey. We are building a community of thriving and faithful LGBTQ families who are here to lift and love you.